That's the uh, that's the fancy word for making it up. Ah, that's true. It's a logical inference. Hmm. I like guesstimate. It's not fancy. There's nothing fancy about saying guesstimate. Yeah, it's taking it back down. It's bringing it to the streets. Oh, okay. <laughs> the working man. Yeah, the educated guess. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All right, you want to get going? Yes. Lies from Tim's apartment. <laughs> it's doomed to fail. Very nice hosting skills. I like it. Thanks. Maybe I'd be a better host if we were in person. Feel free. Here we are. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. I'm Tim Dobbs, and with me, right across the table in my apartment, is Catherine Cogart. It's amazing. It's good to be here. It's so great that you're here. It's better to be here than usual. <laughs> well, our our virtual Skype apartment is is not very nice. <laughs> yeah, the faucet is really leaky. Just dripping all the time. Have you got that looked at yet? No, it's hard to find a good virtual plumber. I find a lot of real plumbers, but the virtual ones just like. I find a lot of virtual boys, but. <laughs> really proud of myself for that joke. So today we're talking about Long Island Iced Teas. We're bringing it back. Remember remember our series? Remember how we used to do that? Happy Hour. Happy Hour with Tim and Catherine. That's right. Bringing back the series for a one-time special engagement. Today we're going to talk about the culture and recipe around the Long Island Iced Tea. The Long Island Iced Tea. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Why is Long Island, New York called Long Island? It's a Long Island. Is it legitimately just a Long Island? Because we just saw the Great Gatsby. Yeah. It didn't seem very long. Well, th they didn't live on one far end of it, and then... They didn't? I don't think so. Although, actually, now that I think about it, I remembered in the book it being... They lived on, like, the far side, and I always thought it was strange that they went all the way into New York City, especially with their crappy cars, like... But they were awesome cars. They, they were awesome, absolutely, but it... Getting into town standards are much lower than ours. Yeah, I feel like they just had a lot more time. They were just like, let's go into town for the day and get a hotel room. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do that. I'd be like, let's go into town. I'd be like, all right, what are we going to do specifically? Uh, do you need like errands run or? I mean, you're not absurdly wealthy. That's true. This is the first problem. No, so I don't know where they live. But Long Island is like the length of Connecticut, which of course is small. But Connecticut is still a state, as we like to remind people. So Connecticut doesn't have any like beachfront because all of the ocean is blockaded by Long Island. And so we just have the Long Island sound. And so it's kind of like uh, when you go to the beach in Connecticut, it's like going to a lake. Okay. It's really crummy. But so the, the Long Island iced tea was invented on Long Island. And that is where it gets its name. There are conflicting stories. Oh, yes? Yeah. What do you know? There was uh, a gentleman who claimed uh, that he invented it from, and he was from a community called Long Island in Tennessee. Oh, interesting. There's the 1920s story and there's a 1970s story. Huh. Well, I, I'm I'm tempted to believe the Prohibition era one a little more strongly because the Long Island iced tea is made up of the most ridiculous shit. Just looking at all of the ingredients to a Long Island. By the way, it's like what nine thirty, ten in the morning. <laughs> in the morning, and we're going to make ourselves little Costco sampler size Long Island iced teas. Yeah. We're going to make the shortest island iced teas ever. <laughs> yeah, it seems like like maybe like immediately after Prohibition or during Prohibition, just to say like. It's the sort of thing you would make if you were desperate. 
I mean, that was the impetus for, for much of the show is I, I read a short internet article, my favorite media format, <laughs> where it was called, I get it, <laughs> Saving Summer's Trashiest Cocktail, Making Way for the $21 Long Island Iced Tea. And they were pointing out that it's like a super trashy college drink yeah. or a Prohibition era drink. Do you think they played a lot of like flip cup in <laughs> Prohibition era? You like go into a speakeasy and someone's playing that game. Um, did you ever play the one where like every card has a rhyme? So it's like I it's like King's Cup where every card has like a yeah every card has a rhyme and an associated rule. Yeah, I think that and and so the whole game is you just keep flipping cards and it's just like yeah something like that rules. Forget it. If you ask me, you know, put some dice in there, get rid of the alcohol. <laughs> Interactive storytelling sounds amazing with math and rules. <laughs> Is there? Are, are you familiar? You're you run in more Dungeons and Dragons circles than me. I do. Are there are there drinking Dungeons and Dragons games? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. There's a. Did I make you play that Red Dragon Inn game? Yeah, I think I played that once. Yes. So the premise of Red Dragon Inn is that you are an adventuring party. They just got out of a dungeon or fighting a dragon, so they have their booty. And so they're going to the inn to celebrate, and now the objective is to not lose all of your money or pass out. As, as with most Prohibition and college <laughs> drinking games. I can't pass out with my shoes on, they'll put marker on my face. This is like one of those dumb things from, uh, I don't know, it's like a super fratty thing to do. It's like, it's it's one of those rules everyone just like knows. It's like... Oh, you passed out with your shoes still on. Like, that meant you didn't... Because sometimes you intend to pass out. One, when you get to a party, is take your shoes off then. <laughs> oh, but I don't know. Some of these parties, I just feel like it's a little uncomfortable walking around without your shoes on. Tapeworms. Mm, tapeworms. Hookworms. All the worms. Even earthworms. Like, I don't want to step on those. They seem sweet. I, yeah, I don't think there's any animal that really gets as much sympathy from me as earthworms crawling under the sidewalk after a rainstorm. Oh. It's like, oh, poor guy. Mm. It's not going to work out well for you. If you don't get stepped on, you'll dry out. And even if none of those happens, who's to say you're ever going to make it back home? I like to imagine animals have homes, but I don't think they do. Yeah, what if every single time it rained, like, nope, gotta, your home doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps we would lose a lot of our attachment to uh, material possessions. We, we should start building completely non-weather resistant. Oh, no, it's a little sunny today. Guess my home's going to melt. <laughs> <laughs> we build our homes out of ice cream. <laughs> And delicious, too. I mean, it's it's a double win, I think. All right. So we will be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast, putting together all of the myriad ingredients from this Long Island iced tea. We're back on the Doom to Fail podcast talking about Long Island iced teas. Now, we're about to start making it, um, and so maybe we should go over all of the ingredients, because there are so many. Like a gin and tonic, what's in that? Uh, well, there's gin, mm -hmm. and I think there's seltzer water. Nope. 
<laughs> it's tonic water. All right, so we begin. Tim, what are you adding first? All right, so so I'm going to uh, get my glasses out here. Now, traditionally, you want to go with... <laughs> everyone I know on a cooking show is like uh, from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone you know on a cooking show is Emeril Lagos. <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone else? Wasn't he like from New Orleans or did he just specialize in New Orleans cooking? Or I don't know. There's Rachel Ray. I love Rachel Ray. I sound like my mom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's happening. It's already happening. I love Rachel Ray. There's that couple, that those two, uh, that black couple, and they're really sweet. And they always say like really flirty things to each other. This sounds like a show I would watch, but I don't know what this is. Um, let's see. There's uh, Giada. Giada, the sexy Latin lady. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see who else we got. I don't know. Well, Paula Dean, who's famous for butter. Yeah, and looking like a weird clown monster. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I'm doing is I'm adding ice to my mixer, and then I'm going to add one part vodka. Pour that right in there. Now you're using Tito's vodka. Is that a special kind of vodka? Uh, it is a vodka uh, crafted in an old-fashioned pot still by America's original micro distillery in Austin, Texas. Uh, my roommates bought it. We're using my roommate's liquor um, because it was advertised to them as being like, this is pretty good vodka. And they hate it. <laughs> they say it tastes like diesel. <laughs> so luckily you won't be able to taste it in the Long Island iced tea because we're mixing in a number of other things. Oh, good. I mean, I think that's... That's the impetus for Long Island iced teas. It's like, well, I like drinking. I hate drinking. <laughs> I hate, like, drinking. Like, the verb drinking. I hate that. But the activity drinking, I'm all in. So next I'm going to add one part tequila. You're using tequila gold. Yes. When you pulled that out, I was like, huh, tequila gold. I once heard a, a snotty drinking person was like, oh, tequila gold is for chumps. It is for chumps. <laughs> and here we are. That's all right. Glassware. It's exciting. Um, no, no. Yeah. I mean, like good tequila that I've... So I read about this from a little card in a Mexican restaurant once about the kinds of tequila. So I'm an expert. Um, but uh, the, the, the good tequilas that you sip on, I think, are generally there's... Yeah, I think it's Añejo because there's a tilde over the end, yeah, which is would, would, would be aged. Letter. Can affect how letters before you sound. <laughs> what? Yeah. Because of the J, which is before the E, which is affecting the sound before the E. No, no, no. It's spelled, uh... No, no. It's A-N-Y-A, which is the N with the tilde over it. It's oh. a, it's its own letter. The tilde is over the N? Yeah. Okay, I'm no longer upset. Okay, good. I'm glad you've come down. <laughs> uh, and those... But anyway, the sipping ones tend to be... There's also... I think it's just called silver. I'm probably way off on this. Okay. But those tend to be the ones that you sip. Whereas this is like a mixed drink. Yeah. That. Okay, so there's three types. There's silver, which is just, you put it in like a glass bottle, essentially. Uh, and then there's añejo, which is aged for more than a year, and reposado, which means rested, which is just two months to a year. See, you're an expert. Why did you ask me? I didn't ask you. <laughs> <laughs> you just started talking. Interesting. Uh, and tequila Next. gold, and the thing about tequila gold and why people are really snobby about it is that apparently you're adding like the aged, the stuff you get when it ages oh, to it, like or whatever it's actually happening. Well, you know, I go back and forth with alcohols about people being snotty about it. Like, there's a tendency, I think, for people to say, like, it's pure, which is like, it's not pure. The whole point is it's, if it was pure, it'd be water. <laughs> uh, you just added Bacardi rum, didn't you? Yeah. So I just added uh, another drink that someone might be snotty about. Um, <laughs> the actual... Uh, 
ingredient list calls for white rum. We don't have any, and so I'm adding spiced rum, and it's Bacardi Gold Rum. Did you know the bat signal? Bat signal. <laughs> the Bacardi bat signal, yes. <laughs> Which I never noticed until you just turned the bottle to me, and there was a bat there. Someone is in need of a party. The Bacardi bat signal's in the sky. They really should pay me some advertising fees for that one. That was pretty That'd be a good. Great ad campaign. That would be great. Oh man! Please drink just... responsibly, like Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think he drinks. He seems like he might drink, like when he gets back to the Batcave, because he's really depressed. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But he's so driven. I think Bruce Wayne drinks. Batman doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. No. So Bruce Bruce Wayne walks around at the parties, like playing the rich doofus. Yeah. Um. Do you think I like? I really think Batman probably has sworn off alcohol. And so, do you think Bruce Wayne is, like, drinking water in a martini glass? Uh, no, because I, I prescribe strongly the belief that, like, Batman acts as though he is two different people. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's the only way he can handle being Bruce Wayne. Well, you know, the mask is Bruce Wayne. Yes. Yeah. The mask. We talked about this already. It's the second time we've repeated something on the podcast. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> So, regardless of any uh, advertising <laughs> campaigns or what have you, um, the bat is on there because supposedly the stills that they use to distill Bacardi rum in uh-huh. Puerto Rico uh-huh. um, are, are full of bats. Really? Bats like to sort of roost in them. Huh. Um, you know, I just, uh, I interviewed with a biodiesel plant that it was uh, on the border of Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They just had like a, like a flash flood or something, you oh. know, like they have around there. A lot of swampy, yeah, Yeah. swampy flatlands, a lot of rain. Uh, They found a gator in one of their tanks. So I'm thinking they should call themselves like Gator Biodiesel. (laughs) I like that. Yeah. See, again, advertising. Yeah. We're in the wrong business. We are. Next, I'm adding one part triple sec, which is a lot of triple sec. I feel like recipes usually call for a dash of triple sec. Does triple sec have a lot of sugar in it? Uh, yes. Okay. Which is why the lid on this particular was a little bit crusty. It's kind of crusty. Yeah. Uh, so triple sec is a liqueur that is orange flavored. Mm-hmm. I don't really know how they make it though. Do you? Is Grand Marnier also orange flavored? Yes. Okay. Grand Marnier is the classy version. Oh. I was uh. I was looking once at I, I had a recipe a cocktail recipe I wanted to make for some sangria I called for Grand Marnier. And it was $40 for a small one. And I was yeah. like, nope. And then I saw Contro and it was 15 And I was like, maybe. And then I saw the cheap store brand Triple Sec and it was 7 And I was like, <laughs> Triple Sec! <laughs> um, huh, I wish I'd known that before I bought all that Grand Marnier. Oh, man. Well, no, this is, you have... But I did add my Grand Marnier, my existing Grand Marnier to Sangria. And it was really good Sangria. Mm, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's not all branding. Key to sangria. Let it sit overnight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It must sit. It must. The flavors must interact and mingle with one another. Exactly. The thing you want to do, really, is uh, you make it around noon, right? Uh-huh. And you leave it out in that uh, late afternoon Spanish sun while you siesta. Right. Right. And then you pour it over ice come evening time when you're ready for your tapas. Ah. Yeah. Yes. And, si, senor. <laughs> and we all have such a great time. I'm so glad we live in the plains of Spain. <laughs> The rain in Spain stains stays mainly on the plains. I screwed it up. Yeah, I screwed it up. You are no Pygmalion. <laughs> I got one more. In Hartford, Hereford, and Hampshire, hurricanes hardly happen. Oh, no, that's we'll my make a proper one. woman of you yet. <laughs> that's my favorite one, but it's the one nobody remembers. <laughs> I'm glad you have a favorite uh, speech <laughs> practice Henry line. Henry's from... Speech practice. 
But, uh, what were you going to say? Uh, oh, it, it helped me win uh, English Geography. I was playing a game of English Geography, which is the game, as you do. Uh, it's the game where you, if somebody says a place, and then you say uh, another place that starts with the last letter of the previous place, and then you just sort of chain it from there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we were playing it specifically for England. And I oh. realized I watch enough BBC where I am really good at that game. I was playing with an English person. <laughs> oh, wow. And you beat them. Uh, I don't know. We were, we were pretty drunk. It was it was a team effort at some point. Everyone wins at some point with enough Long Island iced teas. <laughs> and speaking of, so now I'm adding one part gin, which I feel like is where things go really off the rails with the Long Island. Like all the other things, I'm like, I guess those flavors could muddle and that's fine. <laughs> but gin is so abrasive. Like, yeah. Why is it in this? I don't know. I it's, That's why I feel like, yeah, this is a prohibition slash college drink. It's just everything. Yeah. It's <laughs> indiscriminate. I think both versions, whether it's Prohibition or the 1970s version, essentially claim that they didn't have a lot of stuff. So, and someone was like, hey, make us a drink. And so they just kind of mixed together everything because they didn't know what they were doing. And they then... tasted it and said, oh, this is terrible. And so then they added like sugar to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, let's see. And then the last thing I'm going to add is I'm supposed to add lemon juice and gum syrup, which is uh, just sugar water with gum arabic in it for smoothening. It's a technical term. Um, but I don't have any lemon juice or simple syrup, although I guess I can make simple syrup. I do have limoncello, which is like a sweet lemon liqueur, and so I'm going to add that instead. And you've said specifically a couple of times to me that you hate, hate, hate this limoncello that you've made. I made it because someone at work brought in a huge bag of lemons, and someone saw the huge bag of lemons and said, I have a limoncello recipe. And I was like, fun project. And... <laughs> And instead, it turned out to be a gross project. But oh. I, I can't bring myself to get rid of it for some reason. I keep huh. thinking someone will like this. This is pretty old, because you've been, like, unemployed for... For ages. I'm, you know, you're as old as the sands, so... the sands, yeah. <laughs> Since the pyramids were raised, I've been unemployed. <laughs> you know, I thought that construction project was going to go on forever. I just felt like, no, the pyramid orders are going to keep coming in. Y'all think Boston's bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going to add three parts of this and hopefully that doesn't completely throw it off two three all right perfect fantastic and uh oh gosh look the nice thing is even if this is awful we're only going to drink a very small amount that's a, that's the great thing so i don't feel too too bad it's going to be like a, a long island iced tea shot at some <laughs> point though i prefer the costco sampler analogy i think maybe, could you maybe ask, start asking for that at bars and stuff can i get a costco oh. sampler of tequila <laughs> They pull out a little paper cup. <laughs> and, then, and then you go, hmm, hmm, maybe I'll buy it. And then kind of walk, <laughs> awkward, awkwardly walk away. I, you always have to do that when you get a sampler. I always just feel like you have to kind of pretend like, maybe I'll buy this. You know, it was the Judge Don Hodgman podcast that really uh, relaxed me about that whole thing. Because oh. he said, it, well, he was judging, you know, he was clearing the docket. And on one case, he was like, no, here's the thing about samples. They are trying to convince you to buy something. So if you have no intention of buying it, there's still, like, an infinitesimally small chance that, like, after trying it, it's so good that you're like, my mind is totally changed. Mm. That can happen. Uh, so I no longer feel bad about taking samples or, you know, flying down to interview for a job I'm pretty hesitant about. <laughs> well, those are two different things altogether, but I, <laughs> I take your point. The, um... I, I 
the important thing is to remain open. Is that's is, that's it. That? Yeah. That's what I'm. That's that's totally Be it. open to buying those curry pretzel sticks. Or but I wouldn't <laughs> buy curry pretzel sticks. Come on. I was open to it, and uh, it was a mistake. You learned and you sampled. And same that's thing. true. You you sampled. I sampled the border of Texas and Louisiana. You were open to it. You thought maybe I could start enjoying crayfish. <laughs> And, uh, crawfish? Crawdads? Crawdads. Crawdads are crayfish? It goes around. Okay. Depends. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just going to pour this into my shaker with ice. Oh, it's a lot more than I wanted. We might have to throw some of this out. I figured we would. Um, and what you may have noticed, interestingly, as I shake, is uh, there's no iced tea in this. No. And I was really confused when you were getting out the ingredients. You were like, is there anything else I need? And I was like, iced tea? No, Catherine. I don't need iced tea. Maybe some tea leaves? Who knows? No. So supposedly, uh, whoever made this, whether it was uh, someone named Old Man Bishop in Long Island, Tennessee during the Prohibition, <laughs> or Robert Rosebud Butt in, uh, <laughs> you in said but. Long Island. It's true. Uh, whoever made it. Someone commented to them, looks kind of like ice, or it tastes kind of like iced tea. And it does. Which is weird. And that is when he added what I'm going to add in just a second after having shaken it. As soon as I get this ice ratio right. Uh, that is when he added a dash of Coca-Cola to make it brown. Wait, it's like to keep people from being confused? or I think he just, he, he had an eye for theming. Okay. All right. Wait, what? How does Coca-Cola make it more like iced tea? It makes it brown. There's so little Coke oh! in there that it doesn't really affect the flavor. It just makes it tea brown. It just makes it brown colored. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Which, which again, really sticks out to why it's a college or we don't have college anything kind prohibition. of prohibition. <laughs> college prohibition. <laughs> which I guess college is its own prohibition, at least in the United States. A lot yes. of people finding clandestine ways to get alcohol. Right. Even though they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. We just never learn. We'll be back in just a moment as I pour these to enjoy our Long Island iced teas. Back on the Dimmerfeld podcast, about to enjoy some delicious Long Island iced teas. Cheers! Cheers! Mm. That's terrible. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> I. Hmm. <laughs> oh man, this is really cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of taste like a Long Island iced tea. Maybe the thing about Long Island like iced tea. Does anybody get a Long Island iced tea for their first drink? Uh, only if they're real serious about getting unhealthily drunk. That's true. That's true. Otherwise, it's like your bad decision drink three. It's, it's exactly. It's always I. Uh, At that point, your taste buds are kind of messed up anyway. <laughs> well, that's the that's the rule I learned from a uh, very old, very drunk man once, which is you always uh, start with the nicest bottle of wine you have and finish with the worst. Yes. 
makes a lot of sense. That's brilliant. Um, but I mean, so what's your general take on long iced teas? You're not against them, I don't think, right? No, yeah. no. I mean, as someone who doesn't like uh, like gin, I really tried to like gin. Hmm. I tried really hard for it's gin. It's an acquired taste. Or like, I don't like whiskey or you know what I'm saying. You don't like any of the alcohols in this. There's whiskey in this? Uh, I don't think there's whiskey. No, no, there's not. Yeah. I don't like whiskey because it's like, it's too dry for me. Um, You know, it's too harsh. It's too nuanced. Too interesting. It's too nuanced and interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like the Kraft macaroni and cheese of drinks. Go on. <laughs> At least if you get it like a TGI Friday's. A whiskey is? Oh, the Long Island. The Long Island. Okay, I was I'm sorry, I didn't clarify. I was like, wait, is whiskey like super cheesy or <laughs> is Kraft Mac and Cheese way classier than I thought? <laughs> I am missing a lot of the nuance in Kraft Mac and Cheese. No, the Long Island iced tea is uh, Kraft Macaroni and Cheese to a uh, whiskey being uh, like a, a really expensive pilaf. Mmm, pilaf. <laughs> a truffled pilaf. I don't know about truffles. We're the, supposed the, to like them. Can't seem worth the money. Can't seem. It, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to have much more of this. This is pretty iffy. It's pretty bad. Um, this is not worth getting drunk before noon. But I do feel like, oh, it's the worst being drunk before noon. Just, <laughs> ugh. Your whole day's shot. Unless you're at a music festival. That's the only time. Maybe, maybe this is why I'm both not enjoying getting drunk before noon and not enjoying music festivals. Is because <laughs> I've never mixed the two. Yeah, no, it's this is it, this is a drink that I would accept at a dive bar somewhere. Yes. Because like some some crazy Austrian guy I just met was like, "We have to go to this bar." And then I was there and I'm drinking this wondering where my life is going. <laughs> and that would be a beautiful moment. And also I feel the like. night. <laughs> the night, yeah. Who knows? Those Austrian guys, they can they can get you up to anything. That's true. Yeah. Oh man. I uh what what is the nationality with which you've had the craziest experiences? Not counting American or Canadian, because uh, I just feel like let's see. Well, you played that crazy name British places game. Oh yeah, the crazy geography game with the British person. <laughs> let's see, Danish people uh, mostly didn't talk to me, mm -hmm. uh, but French people took me out to a bar, which was nice. That is, nice. but it wasn't like a crazy bar. It was like let's go have a couple of drinks at a loud bar and then go home actually kind of like that yeah <laughs> as you know i'm old as the sands and so <laughs> i'm also <laughs> as frumpy as the sands it was like a like like a fancy it was like an upscale loud bar oh yeah no no, no. i'm not saying let's why would you ever go to a dive bar and not like like forget your name like because <laughs> <laughs> the wings are really good oh, it's, yeah, as someone who's true. done that <laughs> it, well the wings that's a good excuse but if you're going to a bar to like enjoy yourself and like sit and have a nice conversation yeah you want to get a nice uh something nice in a classy place playing a classy bar with music. glowing tables <laughs> with a bartender who treats you with dignity and respect mm -hmm. and puts interesting herbs in your drink yes not a euphemism yes <laughs> high five because right. we can do that yeah <laughs> uh, right across let's see what else i got um australians I guess Australians. They were the most like, here, have another drink. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like a giant tub of cheese puffs? This is for you. Well, no one's going to turn that down. <laughs> no. I think the giant tub of cheese puffs is really the... It's the fruitcake for the modern era. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, how so? Elaborate. From now on, all housewarming parties and uh, Christmas gifts for people I don't really know super well, I'm just going to bring a giant tub, tub of cheese, cheese puffs. puffs. Mm-hmm. It's great because it's decorative as well as uh, sustaining. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's a sight to see. It's it's You can keep that on your mantle. And here I thought you were going to go with the champagne bottle filled with glitter <laughs> from now on. <laughs> That's true. That is another great plan. I need to find a supplier for that. Yeah. Well, so you have to go to party stores. Right. I know the guy who runs a place called Party City. <laughs> Let's see if we can get him on the horn. All right. Yeah. Got a giant champagne bottle. Full of confetti and glitter, so you can dump it on people and pretend that that's fun. <laughs> when really everyone is going, stop it! You're making a mess. You're referencing like a two-second bit of the Great Gatsby. This was the greatest part of that movie. <laughs> it was a pretty good movie, but this was a great little two-second moment. Right at the end of the party, where the lady clearly does not want confetti and glitter poured on her, and yet it is happening. <laughs> These were the troubles of Prohibition era in New York. <laughs> Too many champagne glitter bottles. I'm pretty sure Roosevelt ran on that platform. <laughs> we must cut down the champagne <laughs> glitter bottles. I propose a new deal with fewer champagne glitter. <laughs> That's my presidential. Thing. Oh, I see. I That's see. all I get. I can, I can do that in a little bit of Clinton. It's like semi-Kennedy. Yeah. Well, what? Wasn't Kennedy the president for all time? In one sense, he will forever be the president in our hearts. Uh, yeah, I think he has. It's the most fun to do an impression of him, so yeah. yes. We've never had a better looking president. Oh, that's true. We've never had a more presidential Sorry, president. Sorry, Obama. No, yeah, he's fine, but he's like. He's fine. I mean, yeah. he's better than. He's like definitely like top 10%. Yeah. As far as good looking presidents. But it's a low bar. Have you but seen Taft? No Kennedy. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. a low bar. <laughs> he's no Kennedy. Who could be? And he's, he's, he's no Michelle either. Well, that lady's got arms. <laughs> Let's talk about her arms for ten minutes. <laughs> it's just like the view, finally. <laughs> Except we're not as drunk as they are. Harsh. <laughs> oh, come on. Have you seen that show? I don't think Barbara Walters is drunk. No, probably not. Joy Behar definitely is. Who? The redhead lady. Oh, okay. What about Star? <sighs> I think... She... I don't think she needs it. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes through life that way. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Well, this has been the Doom to Fail podcast on... Long Island iced teas. Uh, we think they're great, but not these. And um, I think, okay. How about this? My final thought. Yeah, okay. The... I was going to drink it. Gross. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> we cheers because that's a nice thing to do. And then we were like, oh, wait. I'm not going to uh, put this down. Um, but that's exactly the point, right? So the cheersing is an aesthetic choice. Yes. And I feel like the Long Island is important. It's important that you think carefully about your aesthetic choices while you're doing it. You're you're making a statement while you're drinking this, and you're saying something about how you're living your life at that moment. Live every day like it's college prohibition. <laughs> That's exactly not what I'm saying. But Wait, okay. let, let's see. <laughs> Yo, la <pa-co. laughs> I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I'm just trying to do a YOLO. <laughs> well... All right, everyone. Until next week, YOLO. <laughs> and uh, that's Catherine Cogan over here. Tim Dobbs over here. Bye. Bye. Put down your phone and I'll tell you what's happening next. Honey, you're passing the test. She sees what she wants to see.